Hello, Spacers. From Austin, Texas, I'm Christopher Schmidt. And on today's show, it's a special show. It's the Q&A panel recorded live right after the world premiere of Matt Griffin's documentary, What Comes Next is the Future. It's a film made by the people who make the web for individuals who build the web. The premiere took place at Code and Supplies Abstraction Conference in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And the panelists included Matt Griffin, Jeffrey Zeldman, Matt Wilto Marquis, and Valhead. Before we get started, some notes on where I'll be and some more from our sponsors. First up, CSS DevConf 2016, the Alamo, is taking place this October 17th and 18th in San Antonio, Texas. Learn the latest by hanging out with the greatest Chris Coyer, Tim Simmons, Snook, Trent Walton, and many, many more. Register now at CSSDevConf.com before ticket prices go up. ATX Web Film Series is showing Matt's film, What Comes Next in the Future, for its Austin, Texas premiere, along with Code, Bridging the Gender Gap, on October 3rd at the Alamo Drafthouse Theater on St. Lamar. If you're near the Austin, Texas area at the time, you've got to check it out. Matt is going to be here in person, and we'll have a panel discussion about our industry. So check it out. It's going to be like a mini tech film festival. More details are at atxwebfilmseries.com. Set it and forget it with a non-breaking space show newsletter. When a new show is ready, it'll be delivered straight to your inbox when you sign up at newsletter.nonbreakingspace.tv. Find show notes and links discussed in this episode at nonbreakingspace.tv. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Teleject, T-E-L-E-J-E-C-T. And as always, thank you for subscribing, liking, and telling others about the Non-Breaking Space Show on iTunes. And now, the Non-Breaking Space Show. Uh, my name is Christopher Schmidt. I'm the author of the CSS Cookbook, also a conference chair for Environments for Humans, and also CSS DevConf. Very honored to be here tonight. Um, we have a great uh, program for you guys. It's the world premiere of What Comes Next is the Future. <laughs> After that, we'll have a QA panel with the director himself and uh, special guests. So if you, don't help, if you don't mind, please help me welcome to the stage the director of our film tonight, Matt Griffin. Hey. Thanks, everybody. Um, I'm really happy that you all are here tonight. Um, this is something I've been working on for the last three years, if you can believe it. Um, I started making a movie by accident because I bought a, an HD video camera and <laughs> I was going to a bunch of conferences. And I, there were a lot of people at those conferences that I really admired and I really wanted to talk to. And I was like, maybe I'll bring the camera and start asking them questions. And I did. And a few interviews into it, I realized I was making a, a movie, which was more than I had bargained for, honestly. Um, but I put together a little trailer that demonstrated what, the, what I was trying to do. We did a Kickstarter, which some of you probably gave some money to. And we raised enough money that I could get some better equipment, pay for some flights and hotels, and start making a real movie. I thought it would take a year. It took three. So it turns out making movies is hard. Um, but what I can also tell you is that um, it's actually done now, and, and I hope you en enjoy it. <laughs> uh, and for me, honestly, the reason I ended up turning this thing into a movie is, uh, for me, this was uh, 
almost certainly the greatest professional endeavor of my career is getting to talk to people I've admired for many, many years about things that I'm very interested in. And all I want to do the whole time was get more people from our industry sitting right behind me and hearing all the great things I was hearing and having those great conversations. So the easiest way to do that was put it all into a movie and then show it to you. So that's what we're here to do tonight. And, and I hope you enjoy it, watching it as much as I enjoyed making it. Thanks. Probably we're gonna have the, uh, the Q and A panel after after the great movie. Sorry, I'm just blown away. Sorry, I'm just kind of cracking up. It's so awesome. Uh, no particular order or for our panelists tonight. Please give a round of applause for Val Head, <laughs> Matt Marquis, uh, Jeffrey Zeldman. Well, now, and of course, director, man of the hour, Matt Griffin. How are you feeling, Matt, after... Uh, I feel pretty good. <laughs> it, went, it went really fast. Yeah. <laughs> this time. Every other time I watched it, it took a really long time. And this time, it went very quickly. Cool. Okay. Well, congratulations. Okay. Oh, thanks. Um, so we're going to do a Q&A. So uh, if you have a question, raise your hand. What do you guys think of the movie, Jeffrey? Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> yes, thank you. The book was better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty good, though. Okay. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. One and a half stars. Yeah. I can live with that. Well, what do you need to do to get that half star? Yeah. I just, I mean, I could have worn a better shirt. Yeah. yeah. It had half a horse. It, yeah, four and a horse stars. Yeah, four, four and a horse stars. Yeah, if, if you didn't notice, uh, Matt's shirt says uh, Triumph Motor Cycles. Typo on the t shirt. <laughs> That's forever in the film. <laughs> Bully on me. <laughs> hey, so I have, a, I have a question for Val, mostly. Uh, so you just have a book that came out with, about animation. Mm-hmm. And so animation for me has been kind of uh, just seeing how it progress in the web natively, right? So Apple came along and said, uh, you know, animation is behavior, so we'll put it into just CSS, all right? And so, and now we have uh, animations through SVG and also with... JavaScript now is JavaScript libraries. Um, you know, we used to have it with Flash. Where do you see it progressing in terms of as a standard? Or, or um, that's a good question. Yeah. No, I think I think we're going to see it starting to come together a little bit more. Like right now, it's kind of like you can do it here and there and there, and then if you do it here and do it there, you can't make them talk together. And I think that's kind of the thing that they're aiming for next is like to find a way to like have an umbrella around all those things. So you're not like, oh, I did that in CSS, and I'm going to have to rewrite it all now. So to be able to change your mind more easily. <laughs> what I like about what um, Val and also Rachel Neighbors have been doing is they're um, less interested in how, because there's a lot of hows, and much more interested in when and why, mm-hmm. and what does it do for the user? What does it do for design? How does it make design? How does it, what does it do for your brand? How does it express your brand? I think you're doing a lot of really interesting stuff with that. And I think uh, if we're really, like the film said, if we're moving, uh, if, we're, if we're saying nobody's going to tell us what the web is and we're going to stop saying it can't do this or that or the other, we're going to imagine it can do anything, um, then I really like the idea that animation is a part of that. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a big part of the, the stuff, like the book and, and what I talk about is just yeah. like, make it part of design. Yeah. Do a thing with it. Do a thing with all of your design and make it 
one message and one thing and you know that's going to lead you to creative solutions and like Jeffrey said who cares how you get it done have a vision and fill in the blanks <laughs> and uh, one thing that part, important message that I liked about the movie was that uh, just own your platform I think we as web designers we uh, we can do that with our own it's kind of easy for us to own buy a domain name publish it and all that stuff like that but it's it's kind of hard for everyday Joe citizen to, to do that and I think I think uh, Jeffrey might mentioned that it's like it's easy to get on Twitter and Tumblr and so like that. So it's, um, it's it, I felt like that was a very strong message. I think that's something to get out there. You know, something I really learned by doing the film, and I, I think what was fascinating for me was over the period of asking those people those questions and hearing their responses. It really changed how I view the web. It's it's really profoundly changed how I look at this thing I work on every day. And the major way was that. If my early interviews, when I was asking people questions about Flash and table-based designs, my questions were very pointed and sort of like, kind of like, all right, what was wrong with Flash? What was wrong with tables? Like, tell me why that was bad. And when I talked to people, especially my age, they were like, oh yeah, right, Flash and tables are terrible. And then I talked to people that were that were more um, further along in their careers when they were doing that and were actually like mature professionals at that point. Um, they gave me a very different answer, and they're like, "Well, yeah, I know. Like now, we can understand why they're bad, but at the time, they were fantastic right. because we didn't have anything else. So we used what we had to get to get it done, and then we figured out how to do it a better way later once we'd figured out what we wanted. So that was like a huge shift in my understanding. Was the web has always been this thing where we just use what we've got available by hook or by crook, and then once we've expressed <laughs> that." Then it works its way into standards and becomes a better a better solution. But can I can I say something about yeah, the film? I think the film was kind of a perfect expression of what the web is, because you didn't really you directed it. And no offense, what I'm going to say, but you didn't direct <laughs> it in the way you're talking about. Like yeah. maybe at first, the first couple of people you interviewed, but after a while, you let the conversation take the viewer wherever it was going, and the different people contributing all seemed to be creating a narrative together, even though you filmed them at different times in different cities. And it changed the way I thought about the web, and I've been kind of doing this a long time, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. But the original film was about cars. Wasn't yeah, it, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Motorci motorcycles? Mo motorcycles. motorcycles. Yeah. Motorcycles. I really the preferred <laughs> nomenclature. I am really into motorcycles, guys. <laughs> we, all, we all are now. But it just did, nobody would talk about it, so <laughs> me this movie on the web. I gotta make this movie. So, uh, that's good yeah, question. Yeah, I think probably a question kind of goes right off of that. One thing I, I saw really profoundly in the movie is started with the basic web and then tables and like okay CSS is a place where we're doing tables right now. Flash okay now CSS needs to be better. It's Flash and and especially how now CSS is now <laughs> separated and we've got the separation concerns. Now we're right back into like React and getting everything back into the DOM. And, and it's partially because of those needs, because we need something that's not there. So when we when you do your next film, uh, you know, or, uh, <laughs> don't don't do that. Starts tomorrow <laughs> in theaters next fall. Uh, what, what do you see that story being coming out of React, out, out of that, like putting things back into the DOM because we can't do that yet? What's what's that web going to look like in five, ten years? Where now we don't need React anymore, we can actually just do all that. Ooh, I go, I go so far back and forth on this. Between like, in a couple of years, we are gonna be so embarrassed. <laughs> like, 
like the color change 90s t-shirts style batteries <laughs> where we're like, oh God, oh boy, that we thought that was a great idea. Uh, and then all the way other, over the other side of the spectrum, it's like clearly CSS as it works now is deficient. I mean, using like, like the React Native pattern and Aphrodite is the name of one of them where it puts everything in inline style tags. Super modular code. It's like perfect for a. Pa- I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Stay, stay with me. But like you end up with this super packaged up component. It's like ultra modular. It's designed for a pattern library. You tear it out of wherever it lives and you drop it in somewhere else. And it's not like, okay, we've got 200 lines of CSS that don't apply here. Or we're pulling in one of 95 style sheets that need to be cobbled together as part of the build process. So, like, it's super smart and it sucks so much. And it's like <laughs> somewhere in between. I was drinking the dinner. Somewhere in between, there's got to be. But isn't, isn't that, can you explain, you say that same thing about like tables for layout? It's like like yeah. what Eric says in the movie about tables nested in tables nested in tables. But it got us what we wanted and it proved a point. It was, yeah. a, it was a functional prototype. And at the of time, what we I mean, it had to be just as black and white. It had to be like, well, we can either use tables or it can look like trash. So, right. like, it's one or the other. <laughs> And, you know, eventually something passable evolves out of that. But, uh, Pongo's Turbo Pascal page. Sure, exactly. It's that or the tables. Yeah, so right now it's like, yeah, I mean, it's one or the other. I guess oh, it's no, either geez. lousy or it's great. But uh, hopefully eventually it just points to, like, some smaller toggle switches that can get flipped where it's like, all right, this is headed toward something that has that same componentized behavior but also doesn't suck. Doesn't suck. That's yeah. that's the future of the web. Something that doesn't suck. Trademark. I like it. Yeah. Can yeah. we? Yeah. Someone try, Can someone get that domain or something? That's yeah. the, is it too late to change the name of the movie. Yeah. 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 The future it doesn't suck. The future might not suck. Might not suck. I mean, let's not oversell this. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> don't make promises you can't keep. Yeah. Really. <laughs> all right. All right. Name changes. Cool question. Yeah. Thanks. I want to thank you for this film. Oh, well, thanks. Um, thank you for watching it. <laughs> you forgot Homestar Runner? I, oh my gosh. I saw that. Uh, that took me back. And then CSS Zengard was like, oh man, that was just so invigorating for me because I feel so um, exhausted by the web right now. And that was just like, oh yeah, we are doing these great things right now. It's so easy to forget. You get bogged down in frameworks and compiling all your CSS and just this mess of stuff. So I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. It was really, I mean, I like reliving that too. It was really cool to get on um, archive.org and just like try to find the stuff that I used to like. Um, and, and I have to thank Brad too for Space Jam. That was really just for Brad. I just did yeah. that. But, I worked on that. You worked on Space Jam? Are you kidding me? Guys, I didn't think Jeffrey Zeldin can get any more amazing, yeah. but it just happened right here. Is that the first time you've told anyone? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I put it on your business. Yeah. I get that tattooed on me. <laughs> <laughs> space Jam. That's outstanding. That's At amazing. least like a badge or something. Like I made Space Jam. Right, another question, right, sir? Right there. I thought the message that the web was sort of in, um, it 
naturally uncontrollable <laughs> medium is very interesting. Mm. It's something that you is different than other mediums because it's always going to be a little out of our control in some regard. It's always growing, it's always changing, always consistencies. Um, but the App Store analogy was interesting to me because I can't think of a company that has more of a reverse mental model of the world than Apple. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering how do you think that's going to change moving forward? Like, how is the App Store and the web? So the question is like, how's the the Apple App Store is like the reverse of an open web, right? So, so how do we put that, square that? That's yeah, that's a tough one. I think it's particularly complicated by the fact that Apple's also involved in the web, and they have Safari, and they're involved in web standards, and they have a voice in that world. Um, and I think maybe I'm maybe not the best person to talk about this. I, there's a guy in this room, Brian Cardell, who you should talk to about this very question. So we had some really fascinating conversations about this exact thing. So find him in the lobby. Or he'll find you, maybe. But uh, I think from he will my, now. my yeah, he will now. My, from my perspective, maybe one of the issues is that what we call Apple is a conglomerate of many things. Like though they have one single consumer brand, the Safari Group's interests are are quite different than the App Store or the people crafting an iPhone, right? Um, so though some of those people may be really interested in. Um, containing the market and having total control over distribution of applications um, and, and really just like like selling products through that through that controlled channel there's another group of people who are really into web standards and open communication and open distribution and then somehow that's not a contradiction um, just because they're under one brand umbrella I, I don't I think it's okay to have both things mm -hmm. I, and I think you kind of get that impression that most of the web people I know have Apple products like tons of Apple products, yeah, and uh, I think it's okay. I mean, I think it's okay to have Hollywood movies and independent films and community theater and Kabuki. There's like, it's okay to have lots of different things, and they're very opposite, but that doesn't mean that one's bad. Yeah, and from Apple's perspective, they get to bet on red and black. And, like, and whichever one true. wins, cool. But okay, also, we're still Apple, to be clear. I mean, if you're a creative person who doesn't want someone saying yes or no. Definitely, the web is the way to go. But if you're somebody who says, I want to leverage what Apple can give me, I mean, it's sort of like if you are an independent publisher, should you sell through Amazon or not? There's reasons to sell through Amazon, and there's reasons to, to only sell on your own website. You know, they're both good. And in fact, you can do both at the same time, yeah. just like the web and apps, right? And they kind of play off each other, right? Because we were like, oh, apps can do that. Oh, crap, we can't do that yet. And then we figure out a way to do it on the web. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's stuff that apps are like, oh, man, the web share is flexible and cool. I should do that, too. Like, if you don't have those two opposing forces, if one person is just like, here's how it is, it's just this way, I don't think we grow as fast or as in interesting ways. Like, that tension forces you to come up with different solutions. And that's, that's good. Plus, at every at some point, every app has to touch the web. What's a dead app? This is true. Well, okay, question over here, right, there. sir? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things people are really excited about the web is it allows people to collectively do things you couldn't do before. And I'm curious uh, your thoughts on thinking about those things that the web allows us to that we wouldn't be able to do without it. What are you most excited about that we've already accomplished? And what are you most excited about that you think we're going to? So, so the question is like, what are we excited for right now in terms of what, what technologies or? Like what are the biggest accomplishments you think the web has enabled and what do you think are the big things it's going to let us do in what comes next? Civil discourse and, and political, shared political insights I think are what the web's been great at. Like 
the way people are tolerant of each other's points of view and really. <laughs> That's beautiful. Beautiful answer. We could get like a Twitter egg avatar to just creep up on the screen. <laughs> So that's the future, what you would think oh. the future of the web is. Oh, no. Accomplishing civil discourse. <laughs> I don't know how that's done. Yeah, I wish I, I knew. Yeah. yeah. I always thought, like, Twitter should uh, just make pro the validation for pro. Just, like, uh, just... If, if, they've opened it up now for people to get it. And so, so like, where Facebook is, like, I've, I, there's been talks about uh, publishers putting their comment section into Facebook because... That's really kind of tied to the person's name, mm. and that there's a little bit more civil discourse with Facebook, even though that's a walled garden. I felt like, what order? But you is need? there? It's a little bit more. So I mean, <laughs> I mean I've seen Facebook. It depends on the topic. I'm like, I'm not gonna say it's perfect. It's in there. But I felt like it's it's more I, for that. But I felt like with with validation. I, there's a lot of drunk uncle in Facebook. Yeah, yeah there is. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, yeah. for for me though, the the web like there is a lot of bad stuff. I think Chris sums it up really well in the intro of the film. It's like all of the terrible things and all the wonderful things all wrapped up. And and Eric actually put it a really wonderful way too. At one point that it's uh, uh, it's the in some ways the most human of mediums. It's the most human of technological developments. And the impression I got through this all these years of talking to people, I got this image in my head of the web as this sort of it's like us. It's this shambling person, you know, like it's not the brightest kid on the block. It's not the most athletic kid. Um, and it's kind of limping along doing its best. Um, but you're rooting for it anyway, because it just keeps going, you know, and, and, and it's like that because we made it. It's, it's like us. Um, and so, of course, it's got all the bad, horrible, nasty stuff on there because we have bad, horrible, nasty stuff. And, and I don't know, I guess that's OK. I'll tell and you, it has to be right? a weirdly specific thing I really like about the web, like way weird specific <laughs> fish prices there was a chart i saw like a couple of months ago of like an area that had no connection to the internet whatsoever and it was people on like feature phones or slightly better and this chart was the average price of people coming off fishing boats and how much they were selling their fish for and it was like they had no way of coordinating with each other somebody would undercut somebody else and they were all making trash money because they just had to guess. Like, I guess if I'm way down here, I'm lower than everybody. This chart over time showed when they got a connection to the internet on these lousy, like text only Nokia candy bar style phones. And it went. <laughs> and all those fishers made a reasonable amount of money. Now, like, I don't, I don't give a damn about like React and stuff and like cool hip web app with no refreshes or anything, but like fish prices, shit, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> That's real people making actual money to like help their families because of the web. That's that's it right there, man. Not you know? to mention all of us. Also fishing. <laughs> we Delicious. make some money too. From, I also, for our family. I also buy considerable fish. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Right there. It was really restful looking you guys to talk for the film. I'm curious what the biggest difficulty you had was getting anyone to talk for the film. Was the the. the the most difficult uh, person you could get a hold of. Oh, Christopher Schmidt, that guy. <laughs> Jeez. He's no, difficult. actually, this is kind of great. Um, I, so when I set out to make the movie, I didn't have any particular connections with people. I knew a few people, you know, like I knew Brad, you know, like I could call Brad and get an interview. But most of the people in the movie, I didn't know. Um, and I just tweeted at them on Twitter. I couldn't DM them because they didn't follow me. So I just like <laughs> added them and I was like, hey, uh, I'm gonna make a movie out the web. You want, you want to be in my movie? <laughs> and they didn't ask me things like, 
have you made a movie before? <laughs> or send me your CV and we'll talk. Right? Yeah. Like they didn't, they weren't like, who, and you are, like there was none of that. They were just like, yeah, cool. Um, come on by. Um, and then we talked and we'd sit down and set stuff up. I mean, like Jeffrey, we just like, I walked into your office and set up a bunch of lights and we talked. And that was amazing. I was, I was bowled over. I think the whole time there were maybe two people out of dozens of people that I asked that didn't say yes. Um, who? Yeah, who I'm not going to say. Everyone can keep a secret. Not going to say who. But even them. those people were gracious about it. It wasn't like a mean like, like you know, uh, you know, get lost, kid. Who are you anyway? Was yeah. anybody? They were from the '30s, I guess. Why I ought come around asking me for an interview? Was anybody like a secret tyrant that you interviewed, <laughs> Ethan Marcon? <laughs> was he Even, like a you know he seems like such a nice a guy monster. when that camera goes put off put that on twitter <laughs> at Wilto. Oh, I still have bruises I know he, no, I taught like how did, you get, how did you get Sir Tim Berners-Lee the inventor of the web that would be my secret weapon who is in this room Brian Cardell um, I, so I tried to get a Tim Berners-Lee interview for over a year um, and uh, you can't email Tim Berners-Lee which is funny when you think about it um, <laughs> I thought they all filtered through him. But yeah, yeah. Did he yeah. approve everyone? Right. He's in there. This is yeah, that one's okay. Yes, yeah, only this half an uh, hour. His email reader quit. Ah. Oh, okay. Oh. I'm not. That's really? real. That's, that's real. <laughs> yes. So what? So oh, I'm like this at job he had, he had somebody read his mail, and that person couldn't take it anymore. Oh. Wow. And it's been a year. so much mail. It was yeah. just so positive. So he Tim, like Tim, else. if you were Tim, like so Tim's the person in the movie who's like an actual celebrity, right? Where he actually has to have a wall between him and the world, or he just couldn't function. Um, uh-huh. So I tried to get to Tim through uh, Aaron Gustafson, actually, who's in who's in the movie, who knew Tim through. Is it Gustafson? I see. Gustafson. 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 Greet a disagree. He's not here. What's so he going to do? Aaron. <laughs> I don't know how to say his name. Gustafson. Gustafson. It is Gustafson. It depends. That was very clever. Thank you. So Aaron Gustafson, he tried to do it for me. He tried valiantly. And actually, he thought it was going pretty, pretty well, or at least there was still a chance. And then I was introduced to Brian, who it turns out is the brother-in-law of Matt Braun, who I work with at Bearded. Total coincidence. Um, and so Matt had put me in touch with Brian. Brian already knew about the movie and really wanted to talk to me about it. Didn't realize that, that uh, we worked together. Maybe he did. I, I'm not sure. I tell the story terribly. And he came over just to talk. He's like, we're going to talk. And I said, okay. And he came over and he was showing me some spec stuff he's working on. He wanted to talk to me about chapters, which is... Uh, a really neat version of standards that brings people like us into standards through people like Brian. So look it up, chapters.io, it's great stuff. And we were talking about that, and then he, we started talking about the movie, and I said, yeah, I've been trying to get this interview with Tim Berners-Lee. I think it would be, that's like my dream interview. I think that would be amazing. Um, but I don't know, uh, Aaron's trying to help me out. And he goes, um, all right, let me look into it. And he just starts typing on his phone. And like seconds later, he's like, interview's dead. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, it's not happening, but I'm going to see what I can do. And I was like, okay. And... <laughs> Uh, a little while later, it was like, well, maybe we can do something. And then it kind of got from dead to maybe. And then he was nice enough. He, he was going to be at a meeting, a, a W3 meeting in New York, a tag meeting, the technical architecture group that Tim's on. And he knows all those people. So he went just to hang out. And he grabbed Tim's ear for a moment and gave him a pitch that totally worked. And what he said was, 
It's backed by Kickstarter, by people who make the web. It's being made by people who make the web. This is not a corporate endeavor. This is the people's history of the web. That's what this is, and you should be in it. And right there he said, I'm in. And, and that was it. So he, he said, tell my people I'm in. And then Brian told his people, Tim says he's in. And then probably they checked, I would assume. And then, <laughs> and then suddenly people were emailing me and scheduling and like, oh, Tim will be here. Would you like to be there? And we'll get you a room. And it was like a totally different wow. story. So like, thanks, Brian. Follow-up, would you say you and Tim are now more besties <laughs> or more biffles? Tim may not know who I am at this point. It may, yeah, uh, sure. Are you going to apply to be his new email reader? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll not read Tim's email. Um, but actually, we invited him to come here, and unfortunately he had a conflict, but he actually really did want to be here, which would have been super cool. Except Justin Reese would have had to get a bearded tattoo on his body if I knew. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good for Justin. He, we made that bet, so it's good for Justin to have I like that. Where? Uh, anywhere. I didn't care. <laughs> um, but, but here's an idea. Um, we're actually talking about now screening the movie in Boston at Boku. Yeah. Tim teaches at MIT in Boston. Maybe if we all tweeted at Tim and told him to come to the Boston. I've been thinking about getting it. It's not a good idea? All right. Don't tweet at Tim. That's jerky. No, he, doesn't, sorry. he doesn't have a Twitter reader. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a terrible Flat. idea. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, was, any other questions? Right, sir, right there. Uh, originally, my um, question that I had about React being terrible, but Filmini was already taken care of. Um, and one of the things that the film didn't really uh, approach is the future. Um, <laughs> excellent document in the past. I started building the web in '97. I remember all of these things. I laughed at right, um, <laughs> and I still laugh at right today. Um, nobody has predictions that are worth shit. However, I want to know what your perspectives are when it comes to what you what you want to suck less next. But don't you think the last twenty minutes of the film was about the future? I do. I mean, it wasn't saying it's going to be A, B, and C. It's, it was saying we're going to we're trying to figure out what it can be. Here are some design principles for how we can do this so that we don't let someone else tell us what it's going to be and we don't restrict our thinking yeah. and we're going to do this together. I mean, I thought, oh, I, I, I thought I got that. I don't think it's going to be, and here's the technology that's going to be important or here's how people are going to design it a year. I don't think, I mean, I, I think it will, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I mean, prognostication is, is bad. I mean, we're all bad at it, right? Like, we're all terrible at it. So yeah. there's no point in that. I, I certainly have no crystal ball. But to me, honestly, like people who know me, the title's a joke, right? Uh, what comes next? Well, the future is what comes next, obviously. That's the oh. joke, right? So I thought of that as a joke. But Jeffrey's right. I mean, that's what the ending of the film is about, is it's about the way, the, what is the future is the way we change how we develop what's next. Yeah. Right. That it doesn't come from standards, it comes from us pushing up. Yeah, and anytime right. and we I get specific, we're medium.com. We're like, well, responsive web design is done again this week. 
Yeah. Um, or, every week. Yeah, it's more needed saving more times than Christmas, but like. <laughs> what, what do we, do we want, want? To answer your other question, what do we want to suck less? Yeah, no, no, that yeah. was the actual question. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh-huh. um, yeah. I have things that I specifically want to suck less because they affect sure. my ability to affect the people who need my, my efforts, right? Yeah. Um, and everybody has their thing, so I was curious what, what your things might be. Yeah, see, that's my whole angle. Like, what I want to happen next, like, in terms of prognostication is like, I want you picking some standards fight because you have your things and I don't know your things. And like, it shouldn't be up to whoever's on the stage to pick those fights, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I can't be the guy. I don't or who was on that film, because that was random. Sure. You could, you could have interviewed a hundred different people, mm-hmm. had an equally good film. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, what I'd, what you'd I'd have like to interview to... everybody, right? Mm-hmm. really. What I'd like I'll to see next time. is a system for picking those fights. Like, those channels don't really exist. You know what I mean? And that's, maybe that's some of the, like, work that the RICG started and the WICG is sort of picking up or the Extensible Web Manifesto stuff where it's like, we built it, figure it out. Catch up with us, the developers. That's, I'd like to see just, you can't formalize it because that breaks it, like, inherently. I just want to see, I want to see how that plays out. Oh, next question. Sir? Sort of ripping off that, I guess, um, like through a lot of the timeline in the film, uh, at least the, the, I think the general consciousness, there weren't a whole lot of alternatives to these tools, right? There was Flash, and then you had like, maybe Google and reflection tactics, accurate whatever it's called. So, like, like now, though, you have this like, huge proliferation of frameworks. Do you see that as part of this, like, sort of exploration of what these things should be, or, is, or, or from a standards perspective, do those, is there a risk of those becoming sort of noise, or like, how do you see like, the proliferation? There's this huge risk right now. I, I'm really not happy with uh, web. I guess there's two things. One thing that's really empowering is that there's tens of thousands of people who maybe had bad jobs who are suddenly becoming programmers or learning to program in three months, and that's great. That's great, and that should always happen. In the past, we taught ourselves, and now there are all these code schools, and that's great. But there's a lot of people who are called uh, full st- or think of themselves as full stack developers who have a lot of tools, which is great, but they don't have an understanding or respect for progressive enhancement or semantic markup or why it should be lean or why it should work for everybody. The, the point that people kept making over and over again, like the web's inherently fluid, the web inherently works for everybody, and then we come and screw it up. And all of, I've certainly been guilty of that. If you asked me 20 years ago what I wanted, I would have said better table layouts, better table tools. So you, we don't know that. Faster horse. Faster horses. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I think I said it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's tough because every developer was kind of told all at once, okay, build tools for yourself. Um, prioritize whatever you choose to prioritize. And when you do that, it's like you're gonna work on developer ergonomics. You're gonna make things that work well for you, the developer, and work well for other developers. And I don't doubt like an undercurrent of altruism in any of it. Like React is an effort to build faster websites so you can get them to users right away. But it's it's hard to see past like, this is for us. This is for us developers to make our jobs more It's not just that, everything's the same. Yeah. Everything's the same. Everything's much more bloated than it has to be. I'm more bloated than I have to be, but everything's more, much more bloated than it has to be, which is really bad. And it's bad on mobile, and it's bad everywhere, right? It's bad, it doesn't have to be mobile, just use hotel Wi-Fi or airport Wi-Fi, it's bad. And uh, 
because you have these power to, I say it's like, uh, it's like trying to send a text message with Microsoft Office. You could do it, but why would you, why would you have all that extra software you don't need? Yeah. That's the problem with all this stuff. And there's people who are great at going, I'm, I know all these frameworks and I'm gonna throw these seven together and then I'll make a site that does these, you know, it automatically does these five things that every other website does. And then we get into a really, I mean, what happened to design? Yeah, but you know? maybe that's how we end up proving those needs, ultimately. It isn't that we've built a developer convenience framework that's so good that we want to make it part of the web platform. Maybe it's that we built 90 that are miserable and are like having a genuine, measurable, detrimental impact on the web. And that's where web standards is now like, all right, knock off. So we're going to give you something to do this. Please stop what you've been doing. Isn't, isn't that the pattern, though? Is that we kind of like we make bigger and bigger and bigger messes until yeah, we we're like, it, oh, we okay, it. that just that one. Just let's just do that. One. So, so Jen Simmons has this nightmare. She says, <laughs> uh, she says like uh, that people are going to say, "Wow, CSS grid layout is great because now I have just made Bootstrap in CSS grid layout, and then fifty people will make competing versions of Bootstrap in CSS grid layout, yeah. and you'll be and, and like." Any new thing that comes along immediately gets shoved into yeah, the same thing. Yeah. And, and as she said that to me, and she said, that's going to happen in a year. And then it just happened. Yeah. yeah. She sent me, she said, I was like, she sent me an email that said, it happened. <laughs> no, she said, it's starting. That's all she said. It's starting. It and there begun. was a URL. And I looked and I was like, oh, oh, like it took me a minute. But yeah. yeah. But then, I mean, how many people put redesigned iPhone icons on Dribble for like a six-month stretch? And it's like, all right, keep yourself entertained however you got to do it, you know? <laughs> Grown-ups are doing work. I, yes, yes, yes. We're teaching creative writing, and like most of the people are writing things that other people have written. Sure. Like the failed male bonding story or something. And like, <laughs> like that's okay. It's okay because they're expressing themselves, yeah. and one day they'll do something more original, right? If you don't... You have to work through, uh, you have to apprentice by doing stuff that's unoriginal. Yeah, you we're know. all making all this up. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think, Brian, we should just have Brian on stage. But Brian put this well to me in a conversation where he said the web isn't like a natural series of, uh, I think we're talking about standardization. Uh, and, and, and wouldn't it be great if we could just sort of propose the perfect thing and standardize it and do that and just be done, right? That would be so efficient. And he's like, that's not how it works. It's, it's natural selection and evolution. We just try lots of stuff and eventually something gets the momentum and that catches and that becomes the standard. Um, nobody has the brilliant, perfect idea and then we're done, you know. Also, I think it's like, it's like there's not one story. Like yeah. people go, okay, we made one movie. What, what was that that was really funny? It was Matt Howie wrote this thing about uh, there should just be one sequel. Right? <laughs> it's like a universal sequel. The universal and, and sequel. People make it every, and one reboot, right? And every, it's like, because Hollywood just reboots all the same stuff anyway, so just In a world. make one, right? And make one, and every year you're like, just, okay. Sequel the movie. Just keep a rotation. Every decade that movie happens again. Every year <laughs> in Matt Howie's <laughs> thing. And one of those would be Groundhog Day, and as such we've created like a movie. Wow. <laughs> just keep. Get us back on track, Christian. Yeah, yes, you got it. Now I've got, I've push, got you. Push right here, along head. the wall right here in the back. Sir? So, you said that you, put, you didn't intend on making this move, but you did. Yeah. Turns out. <laughs> you don't. What's that? Putting it together, though. Yeah. The intent to inform the new generation of the past, oh. or was it to encourage the past to build the future? Oh, boy. 
Yeah, I like so, that so, guy's answer. Yes is a good answer. <laughs> so can you repeat the question? Because I, I can follow. So. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Can, yeah, can somebody else summarize it? Was your intent in making the movie to summarize the past? Summarize the past. For current developers for, or to encourage the uh, people who built the past to continue developing the future? Ah, no, the answer really is yes. So I think <laughs> that... I, you know, anybody who isn't uh, trying to sell you something will say uh, that you learn about the future by looking backwards, right? You look for patterns in the past to understand what's going to happen next in the future. And that's not a new idea. Like, pretty much anybody will tell you that. Like, history doomed to repeat itself, all of that sort of thing, right? Um, so I felt like when we sat down and we did a lot of, like, brainstorming and talking about this, and basically I did a whole bunch of interviews without a plan, right? It was just like, what would I, if I could ask any question of Jeffrey Zeldman, what would it be? And, like, that was my plan, right? You forgot to ask, did you make Space Jam? Um, and I, yeah, I at the time, I did not yet know I was very curious about Space Jam. So I left that <laughs> out. Kind of dropped the, the ball. Yeah. This, this is basically the problem, right? Is at that time, this was the things I could think of. So I did a bunch of interviews, and I stopped. And we then had to transcribe interviews, which let me tell you, if you've never made a movie, is like the blurst part of making a movie. So we had to do all the transcriptions, and then I had to read all the transcriptions, and then we had to cut them up. So I enlisted some of my, of my fellows at Bearded as well, and we cut them up and tried to come up with themes and extract themes. So we did what we do with, with information architecture on websites. So we, we got out our note cards and stickies, and we, we came up with all of these trends, and we attached them to clips from movies. And so then we said, like, okay, here's what we've got. We've got whatever was at that point, a dozen interviews, and we've got uh, a dozen themes, and then these are all these sort of major people saying things that, that seem to support those things. Um, and once we had those themes extracted, then we could start brainstorming, okay, like, what kind of movie can we make out of this? Like, what is an interesting thing to talk about that encompasses some or probably not all of, of those themes um, that would help us understand what's going to happen in, in the future? And I, I think one of the themes that really started to emerge was this idea of doing it wrong and then finding the right way out of that and then canonizing that and then starting to do it wrong again with the next thing, right? Um, and that's what we're going to do in the future. Um, and then luckily I ran into Brian and learned about Extensible Web Manifesto, which really had already said that and, and canonized it pretty well. The way forward is to open up browsers and these, these capabilities that browsers have themselves, open that up to all of us developers so we can invent the features instead of just waiting for a feature and then deciding if it was useful or not, right? Um, so that's, does that answer the question? Okay, cool. <laughs> right, we have time for maybe one or two more questions. Anyone? Uh, in the back? Uh, yeah, um, I've started to identify a certain persona of user that only uses the internet through like Facebook or Reddit or some sort of aggregator. Mm -hmm. And I'm sort of, it scares me as a person who loves the sort of wild sprawling web of the 90s and early 2000s. So I'm sort of, I know that AOL sort of was that for people at one point, and that sort of blew up. So, um, I'm sort of just interested in uh, you guys' thoughts on that sort of trend. Wants to talk about walled gardens. Oh, AOL oh, still exists, right? Does it? I don't know. I think it's still around. Uh -huh. I think Instagram just rebranded them a few years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's AOL has not gone away. 56K modems. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Is this true? <laughs> Two of them. They live together in a trailer park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, now. They're Mobile they're homes, the preferred nomenclature. Very large. Yeah. 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 
I don't know. Anybody want to tackle Walled Gardens? Oh, which which so medium bad. article should I quote on? All of them. Lol. Beautiful. Good twist. Twist yeah. ending. Mm. On the one hand, it's like, like yeah, a lot of people only ever experience the web for better or worse through Facebook, and like Facebook eats that up. Like that's how we end up with Facebook Instant. Like yeah, no, definitely stay here. We know what's best for you. Uh, on the other hand, like. Facebook's for boomers now? Yeah, like it's, it's on the decline mm -hmm. and like the people on the upswing are not gonna do it that way. So like on the one hand, it's like, yeah, that's clearly that, that sort of motivation I think is, is vaguely threatening to the inherent freedom of the web. Google's doing it too. Yeah. Google's yeah. doing it too with the yeah. amp. Yeah, in a yep. different way, but still a little squicks me out. open, do no evil way, sure. they're, they're basically fucking everyone sure. who doesn't. They'll, they'll do keep, what they want. They'll keep track of the tracking stuff, though, out of the goodness of their hearts. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, wait, wait, could, could we just take a second and compare this? <clears throat> uh, I think, particularly with Jeffrey's perspective, maybe we could compare this trend to the previous battle for the openness of the web, which would have been Flash, Silverlight, uh, etc. While W3C was preoccupied with XHTML, um, and basically everybody decided the web is finished, uh, we're going to go build the next thing, and whoever owns it wins. I will say that for about ten years, I felt like a total idiot telling people HTML and CSS because my friends were doing much better looking work that won awards. First, I felt like an idiot telling people to stop using tables when they worked so well. And they had bills to pay and clients, and it seemed arrogant and stupid, naive and privileged for me to keep saying, don't do that, when, in fact, and I had to do some of the same things myself, right? Like, it's very hard to find a client that would pay, that, would, that you could say, well, it's not going to look the same in the two browsers. And that's okay. It's still a tough sell. Yeah. That's, a, still... that's still a tough sell? I thought, I felt like... Facebook and mobile made that an easier sell because people start going, okay, Facebook looks different every time I encounter it, but it always has the Facebook brand. Yeah. And so I can say to my clients, as long as there's these elements where people know, oh yeah, that's your typeface and that's, you know, that's your brand, then it, they don't expect everything to look exactly the same. Like, you know, and also I think I don't want a three column layout on my phone. Right. So, you know, if, you, if I give you what you say you want, you, not only will your users hate it, you will hate it because you also own this phone. So I think it's made it easier to, you know, to get away from that. So how did we, because there, I mean, uh, uh, also I think Eric would be a good person to maybe chime in on this one. We had a conversation about how, uh, this is Eric Meyer, how he felt for a period of time like, oh God, Flash is going to win. It's going to win. The web's going to go away. I mean, Adobe tried really hard to make they, that happen. They did, yeah. and Microsoft was trying yeah. very hard, and everyone else was trying really hard to win the web. Because if you own the web, like, you're... I'd you're, be, I'd be judging okay. design contests in which there was one site that I actually considered a website entered. Yeah. Everything else was like these flash one-sheets that were like, well, I'm going to say a two-megabyte download, which at the time was obscene, yeah. but now, like... That's the Google. average. That's a yeah. Google search screen. But at the time, <laughs> that took a long time to download, and it, to me, it was obscene. And yes, I remember it was like a, it was a, a baseball site, and it was beautiful, right? It looked like it looked like I mean, it was beautiful, 
And of course, it was winning all these awards. But I thought, this is great, but it's not, a, I mean, maybe it's a CD-ROM. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's interactive. <laughs> it is interactive. And it is on the web. You download it from mm -hmm. the web, yeah. but it's not the web. And I said, what about this? I kept going, guys, look at this one. There's conversations and people are able to like change this story. They're able to, it's like, this has kind of a mad libs feel to it. Isn't that kind of cool? It's interactive and it's HTML. And they were like, what does that matter? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. So what, I really what, felt like, why am I doing this? I what kept stupid. that zombie web from happening? Because we didn't end up in Flash. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So, it stopped being a solution. Uh, I think, I really, I do think people started, a lot of designers started finally using CSS and seeing what it was worth. And then I think Steve Jobs killed Flash. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the popularity of the iPhone. But also and the arrogance CSS, of the gesture. CSS Zen Garden started popularizing. CSS as a realistic solution, yeah. right? Yes. Like the alternative, like the web came back. H what wig broke off from WBC, PlayStation yeah, 5. Yeah, my book helped. My book, you didn't have enough about my book. That was a good book. He didn't have anything about my book. I was kind of, <laughs> yeah. He wrote a book. I was kind of waiting for that. The book, the book. It's a hell of a book. No, well, well, it's one thing we, that, that wasn't discussed in the movie was the, uh, the effect of the dot-com crash and how oh. that affected. Oh, yeah. That, that created uh, blogging. Well, blogging already existed. Nothing but else to do. There, yeah, <laughs> right. Everyone was blogging between gigs. They right blog and then the gigs went away. Sure. And it was like. That's the gig now. Yeah. I, remember, do you, I remember like struggling with that, too, when people said, you're a well-known blogger. And I'm like, well, they said well-known. Well, it was like it was like ethics. Like I should say, no, I'm not that. But they did say well known. It was kind of like you know you said nobody said no. Who the fuck asks web people to do anything? Of course they didn't say no. It's like you've gone to an old person's house and said, I'd like to bring milk and cookies in and visit Just for a while and read you a story. Would you mind? No, come in. Of course we said yes. Hey, did nobody you want to be in a shit. Yeah. What's, but what's interesting about that too, to me now, as on the other side, after spending months in an editing room, is that like that was a very dangerous thing for everyone to agree to. Because once I got you guys on film, then I could sit back in my little editing suite and make you say whatever I want. I could be the <laughs> puppet master, right? And I did, and I was a very benevolent puppet master. Well, sure. But if it's in the wrong hands, that's like terrifying. I, I mean, meant to thank you for the benevolence there, because yeah. I, I have some cold sweats going into this. Yeah? So you're I, saying there's an alternate version where we say the opposite? Yeah, I like that. No, there isn't. No, there isn't. That's, uh, uh, that's his porn version. Oh, God. <laughs> Worst one ever. <laughs> He just splices it together to have us sing in pop songs. It's, it's very nice. <laughs> we could have auto-tuned. I'll give you five bucks. <laughs> we'll time travel back to 2006, and we will auto-tune the shit out of that movie, and it'll okay. be Imagine right. me auto-tuned complaining about Save us, statement. Christopher. All right. All right. <laughs> One more question. Are there any questions to the balcony? Because I cannot tell. Yeah, balcony question. Are you guys... Are, are you Shout it! No, okay. No. Oh, that's why you're in the balcony. There's one in bedtime, I think. Okay, one more question. This is it. Make it great. All right. In this morning's talk, you had a segment that didn't make the film. Yeah. It's Um, so the, 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 yeah. so the question is like, there was, I gave a talk this morning with a bunch of outtakes from the film that were really focused on design and what does it mean to be a designer on the, on the web. And one of the sections particularly was like, should designers code? Um, and so the question is, uh, is there anything else that I left out? There's lots I left out. I, this movie is on a four terabyte hard drive. 
that backs up to another four terabyte hard drive. There's a shit ton of interviews on there. I talked to everybody for at least an hour, some people for two hours, except for Tim, I only got 30 minutes. That's how it works. But I would imagine like inclusiveness, misogyny and stuff like that sure. must have I, come up and you have to make a decision. It did. There was actually a period where I was asking more ethical questions about the web and um, there, so I have a bunch of that. I talked to multiple people about accessibility. I mean, Glenda Sims is in there because I want to talk about accessibility. Um, and uh, Charles uh, McMathy Neville, whose name is very hard to say, a great accessibility guy I talked to for a long time, none of it went in. Um, I talked to Karen McGrain for hours about uh, content strategy and UX and information architecture. Um, likewise, Indy Young, I talked to for a very long time about UX. So there was a point Steve where- Steve Champion? Um, I never got to Steve Champion. There's a, I mean, there's the list of people I interviewed is one thing, the list of people Dean? I couldn't get to is, I know, I wanted to get to him, right? Couldn't oh, never get to call him. Call him up. No, he's not. No, no, no. So I have that list of people that agreed. It's in the credits. People who agreed to be interviewed and were very generous to do that. And then, like, I only had so much money. Only had so many plane tickets and hotels. So I tried to go to clusters of people in cities. So like Austin, I can interview twelve people. Great, I'm going there. San Francisco, I can interview a bunch of people. So I'm going to go there. Any, anyhow. Um, so yeah, what did I not put in the movie? Um, lots of stuff. And I think there was a period where I was trying to say like, let's define web design. Like, let's start with that. So let's talk to people about user experience that really know what that is. Let's talk to people about information architecture. Let's talk to developers about their thing. And it was sort of the Crayola Crayon Factory, Mr. Rogers, the episode, you know what I'm nice. talking about? Yes. So I did that to a certain extent, but it didn't really make a good movie. It was just sort of like, and here's what we do, you know? And that was like cool for students or people just getting into it or whatever. But um, a lot of that, the web design stuff to me was really interesting because to me it feels like a bit existential and like what are we doing here why do i do this what does it even mean to be a web designer at this point so to me personally as a web designer i find that really fascinating and that's why i wanted to keep it and put it in a talk and at least get it out in the world that way i think it's really cool that you still use that phrase web designer i use it a lot too but i feel really archaic when i do it's a little archaic but i think it's it's true, right? I mean, I think it's true. We design for the web. I do it deliberately, the way I call stand-ups meetings, because I don't nice. rebrand. <laughs> nice. Don't, don't need to rebrand meetings. Yeah, it's it's still a meeting. We're still doing design. Yeah. And I, I use Calm web down. design as an opposition to graphic design, which I think is a separate but related discipline. Yeah. Right? yeah, I mean, but you could say user experience and interaction design, and there's so many. Yeah. Oh my god. It just turns into a mouthful, though. Uh, you know, one of the biggest things I learned making this movie was what is user experience. I like I had idea like most people do, but when I until I sat down with like Karen Karen McGrain and uh, and Peter uh, Merholtz, uh, yes Merholtz, thank you, and um, Irene Al and Kelly Goto and uh, and Indy Young, and I asked all the, and Kevin Hoffman, I asked those people, what is your, Jared Spool? What is user experience? And I started like getting where this, was Jared? Jared, I was with him at a giant con. That's where. No, but oh, he's at Giant Cup. We're at a theater, sort of like this, and then upstairs there's this like speakeasy. No, but was he? Bar. He wasn't in there. Oh, he's not in the movie. No, but he's in my talk. He's in the outtakes. So he's in the outtakes. Yeah. Um, he didn't make it into the final movie because we just talked about what the heck is user experience, right? Um, and he gave me good, compelling answers. And what I came out of that thinking is like, oh, user experience is this big umbrella thing that that underneath of which is information architecture. Uh, is in some people's view graphic design or user interface design. It's all of these things. It's sort of like it's the design of the experience of the user, which has many, many facets. Um, but you could also just call that web design. Yeah. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, let's round of applause for our panelists.
And one big thank you to Matt Griffin, director. What comes next is the future. Congratulations. You're free to take a bow anytime you want. Come on. Thanks, all of you, for coming out. That's why I made the movie, so you guys could watch it. So I'm glad you liked it. Thanks. Thank you all for coming. Look at those socks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, these, nice. you like these guys? Those are great. It's very Beetlejuice. I think it's, it's yes. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Reminds me of the I was thinking Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, I was oh, like, yeah. something Witch of the West.